So the title of the message is The True Heart. The True Heart. This, this message is, um, it's like, how can I put it? It's like when you ask someone, what do you feel when they're being healed? And they say, I can't explain it. That's how I feel about this message. Because it goes deep into the spiritual realm. And it's, you're, you're in the God realm. Hallelujah. The true heart. I want to talk about the true heart. True heart. You know, very often the things that people say and the way that they interpret is, does not line up. The so-called righteousness of the mouth does not line up with the heart. that God is looking at the heart and the person is saying one thing but the Lord is saying another. The person is saying one thing and God is seeing another. I was in a meeting in, in New Zealand. Where are we? London. I was, I was in a meeting in New Zealand and the Lord said there's someone here with a bright red, really nice bright red car. And this guy stood up and he said, oh, that would be me. And I said to him, that car is your idol. And unless you remove the idol, God is going to remove the car. And uh, he said, well, maybe. And his wife got up and she explained how truly it was an idol. How... He would take the car and park it away from all the other cars, this nice red sports car. He didn't want anyone touching it. And how they had quite a, a crisis, an argument in their marriage because one day uh, he was backing out the car and somehow she didn't open the gate properly and she backed, he backed into the gate. And um, so I guess he exploded because he scratched his car and you know he thought he would have thought look what you've done to my car but God looked at the heart look at your idolatry many times people are saying one thing and they're blaming someone else they're blaming their circumstances they're saying, oh dear me, look what, how life has treated me. I'm the victim and God is saying, you sinner. Someone say, oh dear me. <laughs> deception, deception. There's a, a young man and he's in the process of deliverance and process of discipleship and um, he's got this spirit of deception and uh, he'll say to me oh this is what happened and I'll say to him you're lying you're lying and 
spirit of deception. And sometimes we have deceived ourselves. Deceived ourselves about our own lives. And we fail to take responsibility for our own sin. Someone say amen. So we look at Luke 12 verse 13. Then one from the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Can you imagine someone saying that to the Lord of Lords and King of Kings? Tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. So what was he thinking? That he was the subject of sibling injustice. That his sibling had robbed him of what was rightfully his, his inheritance. And Jesus said to him, Man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things that he possesses. The issue was not injustice, but covetousness. This man had a problem of greed. This man had a problem of covetousness. And he delivered it in the form that I am the victim of injustice. But God saw sin, not injustice. When God looks at us, He's not deceived by the things that we tell him. He looks with eyes of flame of fire. And his eyes burn into our hearts. And he sees the truth. And only the truth will set us free. Only the truth will set us free. And so Jesus told them a parable about the rich man who uh, said, I've got plenty, I'm going to build new barns and so on. And God said to him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. So this man was saying, you know, I've, I'm really blessed, you know. Reminds me of a man in, in Queensland, Australia. I said, what do you need from the Lord? He said, well, I've got a big superannuation. I've got all this stuff. I'm doing really well. And I look at him and I'm thinking, you've got it all materially but you are poor in God's eyes. Jesus says to, to the man, so is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. In our society, people are striving and striving and striving all over the world to have more, to have more. Bless me, bless me, bless me, give me more. And Jesus looks and sees that you are indeed poor, spiritually. 
our life is to be focused and directed on heaven and its treasures. Let your heart be leavened by the kingdom of God. You know what leaven is? Leaven is yeast. You, you, you put the yeast in the bread and it rises. Let the kingdom of God be in your heart like yeast until it rises and takes full control of your heart. And Jesus said in Luke 13, 20, To what shall I liken the kingdom of God? It is like leaven, like yeast, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till it was all leavened. May our hearts be all leavened with the kingdom of God so that there is purity and truth of heart and not this deception, this, this lust after the things of this world, this narcissism, this selfishness. It's all about me. It's not about you. Crucify yourself, die to your sin, and go and follow Jesus and pay the sacrifice. You know, the true heart is led by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will take you, everyone say, deeper and deeper and deeper into the kingdom of God, into the strategies of the kingdom, into the works of the kingdom, and into the attitudes of the kingdom. He will transform and convert your heart so that you're no longer being led by the flesh, but being led by the Spirit of God. So that when you're speaking, you're speaking out of the goodness of the treasures of heaven that have been laid up in your heart, and not out of the selfishness and the evil and the sin that indwells the heart. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I was video-talking with my three-year-old, and he just memorized the fruit of the Spirit. And uh, so I'm making sure I got them all right, because he said, Grandpa, you missed out gentleness. <laughs> so I'm making sure I got them all. Praise God. Isn't it good to be corrected by your three-year-old grandson? Amen. And those who are Christ, who belong to Christ, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Jesus wants a pure heart, a kingdom heart. Luke 6.45, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good and an evil man out of the evil treasures of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. 
when you listen to people speak and they're saying stuff like this injustice I should have a better job you're listening to the abundance of the heart when the Holy Spirit listens to you he's listening to your heart the content of what you're saying may not be important to him but the attitude of your heart do you know your heart turn to your neighbor and say do you know your heart Jeremiah 17:9 the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it I the Lord search the heart I test the mind even to give every man according to his ways according to the fruit of his doings sometimes we will go through things in life because God wants to know what's in your heart your heart before God may not be very important to you maybe it's the type of car the house your career but God is concerned for your heart Jesus Christ died for our sins he died to redeem and sanctify the heart that is he died that your heart might belong to him and he's actively at work to sanctify the desires of your heart and so sometimes we will go through tests to bring us to bedrock with Jesus and if you ever heard it you heard it tonight with Mirna's testimony 24 7 praying seeking God declaring the Word of God sometimes we go through tests and God is testing the heart he's searching the heart he wants to know are you real with him the heart must be converted Jesus you know in Matthew 18 1 says that the disciples came to Jesus saying who then is greatest in the kingdom of heaven you know like theological question you might ask at Bible college you know who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven <laughs> Jesus looked at their heart and he saw pride that they their competitiveness that they which of the disciples was the greatest in the kingdom of heaven you can't deceive God and Jesus called a little child to him set him in the midst of them and said assuredly I say to you unless you are converted and become as little children you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven here they are you know which of us is is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven and Jesus says you will not enter it unless you become like a little child God is looking for humility in the heart praise God praise God so let's talk about the victim mentality victim mentality is always focused on one's own personal feelings oh dear me and Jesus said to Simon Peter I'm just said to him for you he said Satan 
once he, he looked at Peter and said Satan and he said for you do not have in mind the things of God but the things of man you see Satan is wants to to entice you into feelings 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 you know oh this person did this to me oh I feel terrible you know I'm the victim of this and that and the other feelings the victim mentality fails to take responsibility for yourself and your own actions it blames others it blames circumstances it diverts the blame off the devil and off yourself so let's look at a person with a victim mentality in Luke 15 you know the prodigal son right prodigal son says give me what is mine he takes half the livelihood of the father and he goes off and squanders it he comes back and he says father I've sinned against heaven and earth you know just make me one of your hired servants 20 verse 25 now his older son was in the field and as he came and drew near to the house he heard music and dancing so he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant and he said to him your brother has come and because he has received him safe and sound your father has killed the fatted calf but he was angry and would not go in therefore his father came out and pleaded with him so he answered and said to his father lo these many years I've been serving you I never transgressed your commandment at any time and yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends but as soon as this son of yours came who has devoured your livelihood with harlots prostitutes you killed the fatted calf for him you know injustice he's screaming injustice injustice but what does the father see in the older son son you are always with me and all that I have is yours it was right that we should make merry and be glad for your brother was dead and is alive again was lost and is found the older brother lacked the leaven of the kingdom of heaven in his heart the older brother obviously should have been rejoicing that that his brother had come home that he had repented that's kingdom values but instead he's just looking at you know jealousy jealousy he's thinking about goats you never gave me a young goat you never did this for me I never had the opportunity to party with my friends and how often we're like that oh dear me oh dear me and the father's looking at you and saying get over it get a kingdom mindset it's not about you it's about my son Jesus Christ his will his purpose his kingdom in this life you know all of you here stuff has happened to you people have offended you just let it go and follow Jesus Christ be about his kingdom 
True repentance is acceptance of personal guilt and a heart admission of one's own faults and mistakes. Half the battle is when you say before God, this is my problem. I made this mistake. I sinned. I ask your forgiveness. When you stop blaming your circumstances, blaming other people, and you say, Father, forgive me, half your battle is, is over. You repent. And watch how the windows of heaven will be opened over you. Amen? God is looking for a true heart from true children who truly love him with a first love. And how easy it is to go to church and do all the right things and be busy in church. You could be in the worship team. You could be preaching. You could be out on the streets evangelizing and not doing it out of a first love. And your works are not accepted before the Father because you've become religious instead of having a heart of love for God. True hearts, what the Lord's looking for. And you know, the Holy Spirit will speak to us, perhaps like a whisper. And we go, well, I can't do that because I've got this to do, I've got that to do. You know, and Jesus told the parable where the king invited all the guests and people said, well, I bought oxen and I've got to go and test them out. I've married a wife, of course I can't come, you know. I've bought a field, I've got to go see it. And, and those people were rejected from the kingdom's banquet because their excuses were regarded as rebellion. Turn to your neighbor and say, stop making excuses. Get real with God. Amen. God loves us all. Amen. Amen. We, we need to go deeper in our walk with Jesus Christ. We need to go deeper and examine the motives. Do we have a heart of kingdom motives? Or is it, I'm the victim, this injustice happened? Or is it, you know, I want a better job, I want this. What about what Jesus wants for you? Life is so short, so short. He has good plans, good purposes for our lives. Let's press in, press on, pick up our cross and follow Jesus Christ. Let the kingdom of God take root in your heart such that there's no more room for fleshly desires so that we're sold out for him amen praise god someone say hallelujah